yeah. I was already in a good mood. Now I'm in even a better mood after hearing one of them. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. What a phenomenal song that is. And you know what? I love that song so much because not only has it just got a great beat, great movie, but it reminds me of just how much I love America. And I love you guys. And I thank you so, so much every night of the week that I get to share this time with you guys here on The Answer San Diego. 888-344-1170. If there's anything you want to share with me here, feel free to give us a call. Everybody's debating what the what the best Christmas movie is of all time and is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not. No, it is not. Okay? Debate settled. Debate over. <laughs> um, you can also feel free, if you want to chime in on that, give me a buzz. 888-344-1170. But you can also email me. I get a lot of emails from uh, listeners out there. A lot of suggestions on show topics, suggestions for guests. And I got uh, some feedback on um, last night's discussion with uh, my buddy Brian Maloney of Red Wave America and the last couple of shows. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that with you later on in the show. And I just want you to know, and I mean it as we go so much, as we go into Merry Christmas and, uh, and and a happy new year. I wish you guys the best Christmas ever and the best new year ever. I want you all to know that you are the greatest gift to me. And it's an honor that I get to share this time with you guys. It's an honor that, and, and I'm humbled that anybody listens at all. So I do want you to know that when you share feedback with me, I read these emails, I take it to heart, and I just love you all so much. And I'm grateful that anybody would even take the time to reach out and send me an email at andreakshow.com. And, and give me your thoughts. And so I want to address one email later on in the show. And so I wanted to make sure everybody knew how to get a hold of me and that your your feedback and your thoughts really, really matter to me. Uh, tonight is, while it's Thursday, it's really kind of our Friday because tomorrow's Christmas Eve in a sense. And so uh, it's, it, it well, not in a sense, tomorrow is Christmas Eve. But we're treating tonight as a Friday because since it is Christmas Eve, my buddy Bob Walters will be here tonight instead of tomorrow. So he's going to be here for his education segment. We've got some crime and punishment to get into tonight, those topics and more. And of course, I got to bring in my buddy who gives me feedback every night of the week, often in my ear so y'all don't have to hear it. It's my buddy DJ Potato Skins. Yesterday, I met in this very room yeah, I don't think they want to hear what I have to say anyway. I might uh, dis- disagree with some of that feedback, but that's okay. That's why we live in America, Andrea. And uh, my Christmas gift to the audience is stand by more great Americanism and Reagan clips coming your way in 2022. Absolutely. And uh, and we're uh, we and you know what I think we're also going to focus on. You know, next, you know what we should do before I get into tonight talking about we're going to focus What's on that? the 20. I think next week we're going to do a whole show about 2022. Love it. Uh, what we, what we, what we're looking for in 2022 from our leaders and what our plans are. We're going to be making maybe some, some exciting, um, new changes here to the Andrea K show that you guys might be interested in. Possibly more ways that you can see AK. Um, so stay tuned, uh, for next week. Before we move on, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I would say the reason why I put that out there tonight is I was asked this yesterday on an interview with my girl, Dr. Gina, on Real America's Voice. She threw it at me. I wasn't expecting it. And I don't really have. I don't typically like a lot of 
common Christmas movies that oh, people Oh, I don't have like. common Christmas answers. Yeah, I don't really like a Christmas story with the kid with the with the red robin or whatever it is, BB gun. I, I don't really agree like with that mine, movie. One of them anyway. I don't really like um, It's a Wonderful Life or you don't whatever. You like the Jimmy Stewart classic? Don't really like it. Didn't really like Miracle on whatever street. So I'm kind of not really... My idea, I like the classic TV shows. I love the original Grinch. I did oh, not, so do I. The original Grinch TV TV was just a, was must watch TV for me every year as a kid. It was my favorite. I couldn't Still wait is. to see that. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer was something I just loved so much as a kid. So I like those classic TV shows that I grew up watching. Not so much the um, the movies like Home Alone and things like that. They're just not really they're not really it for me. Some would disagree with me, but uh, the the first in my two movie Christmas list is it is a Christmas movie. Does take place during Christmas. Mel Gibson's Lethal Weapon. Hey, it takes place during the Christmas season. It's a Christmas movie. Just because it takes place in a Christmas season doesn't make it a Christmas movie. To me, it's a Christmas movie when it's actually about Christmas. That's why Die Hard, the fact that it's in, that, that it has to do with a terrorist attack in the middle of a Christmas party, don't make it a Christmas <laughs> movie for me. Okay. And my second favorite is actually a uh, movie spanning two holidays, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. All right. Classic. All right. We'll go with that. Um, how do I transition from that into into crime and punishment tonight? I guess I could consider it uh, punishment if I'm forced to watch movies like um, like Elf. Somebody, I, I think I was seeing a show earlier. That's that my was, son's favorite. Oh my goodness, that show is just terrible for me. Or the what's his name, Jim Carrey version of The Grinch is another one that I don't particularly like. Um, I don't know how to transition well into crime and punishment. Breaking news today. Kim Potter was found guilty on both charges today. First degree manslaughter and second degree manslaughter. And uh, Keith Ellison uh, from Minnesota. I think he's the state attorney general now. He, um, a criminal in his own right, had no business taking over as uh, the state's attorney general, is actually going to, is made a statement today that I think they're going to actually pursue something in relation beyond this in terms of sentencing um, that this woman who's facing 15 years on, on, on first degree manslaughter and I think up to 10 years or seven years on the second degree manslaughter, she's looking at possibly over 20 years for this, that, that based upon what he's saying is aggravated circumstances and abuse of power that to to have increased sentencing on this woman look um this this woman made a mistake she's a police officer on the job who grabbed what she thought was a taser and instead uh grabbed her gun and shot someone and who lost his who lost his life and i think that that's a mistake that should be should result in some accountability absolutely we trust that even in the heat of these these difficult moments and in the spur of the moment like this and these circumstances that our cops are trained well enough to not grab a taser, not grab a gun when they're thinking they're grabbing a taser. But I think that this should have been pled out. I think she should have lost her badge and been pled out um, to probation. I mean, there was a teen, a 15-year-old girl in Chicago. Let's talk about the, the, the um, unequal justice we've got going on in this country. We've got a teen in Chicago, a 15-year-old, who killed somebody and got probation and didn't spend a, di- a day in jail. We've got a cop. Okay, well, that's not a cop. That's a 15-year-old. The judge said, I can see that you've, you've, you're uh, you know, a good kid and got a bright future. Huh? Not a day in jail? for, for No, that, that teen stabbed uh, 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 another teenager, uh, but let's compare it to the uh, Ashley Babbitt, 
shooting in D.C. on January 6th, where we've got um, we've got a, a cop shooting an unarmed white woman, a black cop shooting an unarmed white woman who posed so little threat to him that if you watch the footage, you can see that Ashley Babbitt is surrounded by a crowd of people, including cops. And these cops around her did not even bother to try to stop her from climbing through the window. And that cop who didn't issue any warning to her just shot her point blank, killed her unarmed. She was no threat to him. And he didn't lose his badge, let alone be prosecuted, and facing 22 years. Not to mention the fact that Dante Wright, and I know there's lots of stuff going around today as as people on the left are defending him, and just like they did with Grosskreutz, and just like they did with Rosenbaum, the child molester. You know, the left loves to turn these these, uh, men into martyrs and victims as though they were heroes, like George Floyd, and erect statues to these people. She did not know in this moment, I'm not aware that she knew in the moment, that this guy had shot somebody in the head. Uh, What she did know in the moment is this person was resisting arrest and trying to flee the scene of a crime right, or try to flee the scene, resisting arrest. He contributed to his own demise. So what's the message in this? The message is you, you get to resist arrest. You just get to, you to get to, you get, you get pulled over by a cop and you're a young black man. I guess you just get to roll off and do whatever you want to do. You don't have to comply with the law. The rest of us, we get pulled over. We got to, we got to comply, right? We got to go along with it. So that's the message to young black men. What's the message to the cops these days if you're a white cop? What's the message being sent here? Because this clearly is not about justice, right? This was an accident that happened. This woman did not abuse her power. She made an accident. It was a deadly one. It was a bad one. And I believe I believe in individual responsibility, individual accountability. But where's the accountability for Alec Baldwin? He accidentally shot two people. One died. He hasn't been charged with anything. He went on vacation. So this woman was scapegoated in a system right now that is a system of injustice. And and, and while we are, and I know that it's complicated because Alec Baldwin, that situation happened, what, in New Mexico? She's up in Minnesota. The teen that got off on, on probation is in Chicago. Ashley Babbitt's in D.C. We're a republic of states and you have different jurisdictions and different, you know, AGs. You've got different district attorneys. But across the country, we can clearly say that we've got two sets of laws, one for the elites, one for the peasants, one for January 6th people that, that, that hold a one particular political belief, that group. And we've got one for another group of individuals right now that get to resist arrest. They get to smash and grab. They get to steal under $950 worth of goods and run out of run out of stores with it. But here's what's interesting that might be turning the tide because we've got a couple of Democrats, right, that have been victimized by their own Democrat stupidity because as we've got no bail laws, we've got no prosecutions, as we've got this crime wave across the country that's been launched and encouraged and enabled by both parties, but mostly the Democrats. We got a two yesterday. I think it was just yesterday. Two Democrat lawmakers were carjacked. Suddenly now, <laughs> suddenly now we got Democrats wanting to refund the police, right? Suddenly now that they're being victimized, and it's almost who remembers that old show? There was a show, Dumb Criminals. It's almost like now we got dumb Democrats, right? Suddenly now. That they're feeling, they're feeling the result 
of their own because the, the elites never t- they typically never never suffer under the weight of their own policies. Now that they are, now that they're being carjacked, now that they're having their purses stolen, now that they're being scared to death on the streets, because usually they're riding in their limousines, pulling up into their driveways behind their gated communities like Pelosi, and they never have to, they never have to suffer under this. Uh, maybe now, maybe now it will change some things. Before we take a break and bring in Bob, Bob Walters, we got, uh, we got Hillary on the phone who wants uh, to make a Christmas comment. I'm not sure if it has to do with a favorite Christmas movie or not, but we're going to quickly go to the phones. Hello, Hillary. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Good evening to all. Uh, this is Hillary and Mira Mesa, and I do not have a Christmas movie, but I do have a Christmas sculpture display, a, a sculpture garden in my front yard. Uh, I'm a member of the San Diego Visual Artists Network, and uh, I have a nice lit, nicely lit exhibit of my sculptures in the front yard. One of them is a cr- special for Christmas sculpture entitled uh, Infinity Comes to Earth, which is what Christmas is all about. Well, I love that. And you know what? I, I miss seeing whole neighborhoods with their homes decorated, lights on at the house, and displays of reindeer or sculptures in the front lawns. Uh, we we just I've not haven't seen much of that this year. It just feels as though Christmas is just really come and gone without much of without much notice. And so well, I our think na- our neighborhood in Mira Mesa is very well lit up. Well, I think I might have to take a drive this weekend through Mira Mesa because I just it just is just fun for me. It's something that I've missed. I've missed hearing Christmas music as I've been in stores, seeing a lot of lights everywhere and Christmas decorations and people dressed in red and green and saying Merry Christmas to each other and and thank you for reminding us of what uh, this Christmas is what Christmas is really all about and for making the effort to put a display out in your front yard, and for calling in, Hillary. Thank you so much. Sea Wind Cove. Sea Wind Cove in Mira Mesa. All right. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas, my dear. All right. Now, we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break and bring in uh, one of Reindeer's Elves, Bob Walters, on the other side of the break. Get more from The Andrea Kay Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Um, so Joan Didion died today. Um, I'm not that familiar with her work, so I actually tried to watch a documentary about her and was so bored. I thought her books, if this is any indication of her books... Um, I don't need to crack one of uh, one of them open. So, uh, but anyway, in case you guys are a Joan Didion fan, I thought I would share that with you guys. You know who I'm a fan of, my buddy Bob Walters, and I. And so, before the break, I referred to him as one of Ru- one of um, Reindeer's. Was it Reindeer's little elves? When I when I watched Rudolph the uh, Red Nosed Reindeer, the elves, Santa's little elves, they were my favorite part of the show, Bob Walters. So I hope you I hope you know where I was coming from with that. Oh, I did, sweetheart. 
<laughs> well, you're you're such a hard worker, just like in the Rudolph story, the the little elf worker. He was just working so hard, and when he really wanted to be a dentist, you're really a, a successful businessman. But you work harder than anybody I know to try to save the children, and that's what you're doing every week when you come on the show. And you are just so so appreciated. I want you to know that. So, what do you have for us tonight? All right. Well, I've got some good news, and of course, I got my normal lots of college crazies, but. Start with the good news. Okay. A Bakersfield mom stands up for her son's school against her son for the school that's where he's being taught about Islam and sending a copy of his homework to the website. Tara Kelly decried the indoctrination of her son for having to learn three five pillars of Islam and how to say a prayer in the Blue Mosque in Istanbul. She felt that teaching a little about all religions is okay. But this is purely focused on Islam. His studies included two pages of Quran scripture. Nothing like this is allowed for Christians, Hindus, or Muslims, or Mormons, or any other religion. So she stood up, she's drawing her line, and I wish her success. Absolutely, because that is not uh, teaching Islam in, in terms of history, in terms of anything related to the Crusades, or anything that happened. Uh, this is just flat out teaching indoctrination. This is this this would be like sitting kids down and teaching the plan of salvation, what Christianity is about, and making them recite uh, like Bible class, making them learn John three sixteen, and yeah. that that's a violation of um, church and state, and that shouldn't be happening in our schools. But if they're going to do that with Islam, then they should be sitting down and also teaching the you know Catholicism, putting kids through catechism class and. And, you know, Bible teaching, but that's not really what they're supposed to be learning in school, is it, Bob? No, and regrettably, that's one of the reasons the schools have declined so bad. It's one of the many topics like LGBT and all this other stuff. NGRT, it just eats away at the school, the real education they need to be having. Exactly. All right, next we've got the Catholic Church is standing up to the L.A. school district, which declined to share the funds given to it by the state and federal government to assist underperforming kids. It's called Title I Federal Program. Since 2019, the district has blocked all but 17 applications for more than 100 filed by the Catholic Church for their schools teaching kids the basics they need to learn. A suit has now been filed in federal court on behalf of 10,000 kids who have been robbed of the money that was given to them specifically, $28 million, to be dispersed to private schools, including Catholic schools. And they didn't do it. They kept it. Wow. The teacher increases, pay increases. That's theft. Yeah, just what we need. Yeah, $28 million that could have gone. Yeah, to help kids that really needed the help. And it was a federal program, so... Anyway, it's gone. Well, it, 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 it sh- they should be criminally charged. You know, that's not that's no different to me than finding out the Secret Service revealed today that there's what nine hundred million or a billion dollars worth of fraud related to COVID relief programs. Well, this was kind of this in a sense was like a relief program involving schools and kids to the tune yeah. of twenty eight million dollars, and somebody pocketed that money. Whether you want to call that fraud or embezzlement, but it's wrong, and it's and it should be they should be criminally prosecuted. I agree completely. It's a shame. Yeah. Well, then in South Dakota, Governor Christy Noem introduces the bill to, quote, restore protections for prayer in our schools, unquote. Good. It would allow a moment of silence for all students in all schools at the start of each day. Some can say a prayer if they wished or just collect their thoughts in calm. 
No school employee can interfere with this. This is in addition to a similar bill signed by DeSantis in Florida in June. It's a good step in the right direction, I think, giving kids an either moment of silence, and if they want to say a prayer to themselves, they can do that too. I agree, because there's been a movement under the, and it really got amped up under the Obama administration, where his anti-bullying uh, czar was basically shutting down Christian kids from praying and Christian kids from organizing in schools at all levels. And so by totally. doing this, you might think one minute, well, this really isn't doing anything. No, it does. It provides a forum for Christian kids or any other kids to, to, to um, exercise freely uh, their religion. And even if it's just a moment or just a minute, that's a really good thing. Keep it, let's them stay connected. I agree. Right. This past month, West Virginia went from the worst to the best of school choice when the state passed a universal ESA program like we're trying to do in California for all students called Hope Scholarship. Cato reports that this is the results for West Virginia and for the states that also have it uh, done the same thing to some extent, Florida, Arizona, Indiana, Ohio, and Wisconsin which implemented such programs in the last two years. Critics of all these would be devastate. They said it would devastate the public schools and hurt kids even more. Truth is, that's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. The study done by Cato Institute showed that 28 academic studies, they found only three had a negative effect on student knowledge and performance. All the rest of them, 25, brought huge improvements to the schools including the kids in the public schools hmm. when they cut the staff down in half and had to focus on real teaching in competition with the private schools under the, uh, under the program for ESA. Well, yeah, competition and focus. That's, you know, that's what, what is going to, you know, it's, it's important in everybody's life. It, you know, you've got to be focused. You've got to be prepared to compete because that's the way our culture is and that's the way our system is designed and that should be reflected in the schools. I agree completely. Well, you got Harvard, who joined many other colleges and will no longer require SAT or ACT tests to get into their schools. This, they say, will boost black and Latino admissions because they don't, wouldn't have to prove what level of knowledge or acceptance, intelligence they might have to be accepted into the school. And I just, <laughs> I can't believe it. you got high schools that no longer take a test to get out of high school for graduation. Mm -hmm. And now the colleges have no test to get in. So then how, just, what's, how are they going to determine that somebody gets in? We know that they're, we know that they're, they're uh, pushing down Asian students by, um, by putting a number, a weighted score that diminishes them because they, because of their personality um, that as though Asian kids don't have a good personality. I can't remember how that was weighted. Um, yeah. So clearly what they're doing is they're trying to um, make it easier for black kids to get in. But then what are they, what are they going to be doing um, once these kids get in? Because is Harvard now going to have two sets of classes? Because they, I mean, Harvard for as far left as they've become in terms of their curriculums and in terms of of the indoctrination there, they were still a tough school academically. And if yeah. they are now going to be accepting kids simply because they're black, let's be honest, and they're and they're removing the criteria to make it easier for kids to get in simply because of their skin color, not because they've 
they've shown that they're up to the level of academics that that school requires, what are they going to do? Because these kids, if, if Harvard continues to teach according to the strong academics they have in the past, even though far left, these kids are going to fail. So what are they going to do? It's, it's true, and I, I'm sorry to say it because it, <clears throat> it tells uh, the continuing economic disaster, if you will, for the future in this country. Well, we yeah, have, and even for these have... kids. I mean, are they going to say, okay, well, these are the kids that we're going to bring in that, that aren't smart enough to be here, can't add you know, two plus two, can't conjugate a verb, so we're going to have a whole separate uh, curriculum for them over here just you know, and, and segregate them out because they're not going to be able to keep up with the other kids that are there on the basis of having 4.67 GPAs, which is what so many kids, you know, that in the past have earned their way into Harvard. That's right. I, it's, it's, I don't know what's going to happen, but this, they're not doing a favor to anybody. And, no. and then who's going to be paying the $45,000 a semester tuition for these kids? Well, they want, of course, they want to have uh, all the tuition forgiven, as you've seen with a lot of the liberal press and, and leaders. Right. And <laughs> so I, I don't know about anybody else, but I worked myself through college. Four years, I had 40-hour jobs, and I, and I took 16, 18 units, and I never got a, a scholarship. I just, I never took a loan. I paid myself through school. Well, I took loans because I didn't work 40 hours. I worked only three, four nights a week as a waitress and carried 21 hours. And so I had to supplement with loans, but it wasn't a huge amount, but it still took me 11 years to pay off. And I paid off every dime. And the rest of you out there who, uh, if you're somebody who took out loans and now you don't want to pay it back, there's, you know, it's your fellow taxpayers and your fellow, there's no such thing as government money. That means you're wanting some other American citizen, probably maybe even a hard hat or, or a single mom who's working two jobs to support her kids to pay off your student loan debt. You're a deadbeat. You're a deadbeat. Don't take out the loan if you're not going to pay it back. This is this makes me so angry because there's a lot of low-income people that are going to be saddled with that debt, Bob. I'm afraid it's true. Well, locally, Long Beach City College has something exciting. They have a new parking structure for students and staff to park their cars. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. But given the status of hundreds of students that are considered homeless and sleeping in their cars, space has been set aside for 70 cars so that the kids can sleep in their cars. And they would also be given access to toilets and showers, which will be built special in some part of the parking structure. So basically the parking structure is a dorm. Yeah, in effect. (laughs) And it goes on to report from UCLA, reports that one in five students in community colleges are homeless. Hard to believe. One in ten in the universities are, are homeless the state universities, and one in 20 at the university level. It's just like, I don't know what this is all about. Low-rent housing is being built, but this is a bad sign that people are not tending to themselves before they come into the school. I mean, there's no reason you got to be sleeping in your car. I'm sorry. Well, you could well, get a job and do something while well, you're also going to school. Right, and it begs the question, you know, there was a, a, a big dust-up, a big controversy, and we'll take a break after this. We're past the point of a break, but there was a big controversy this weekend at the Turning Point USA America Fest because Charlie Kirk, who was a college dropout, and Madison Cawthorn, who's now a, a congressman, um, both said, hey, you know, we didn't finish college and, and we're successful. You do not have to go to college in, in, in the United States of America these days to be a success. You rethink it because, you know, you're, you're half the degrees – 
still don't even get you a job when we've got all this student loan debt. If you're so poor, you can't afford your rent. You really need to be reconsidering why you're paying any money and who's paying for it and any debt you're taking out to go to these schools because you're, you're only going to make your financial situation worse versus maybe getting out of California and going somewhere where the cost of living is lower and getting a trade, getting a skill. Maybe we've got a supply chain issue going on right now. We don't have enough truck drivers. Maybe go, you know, to... Maybe go, you know, to truck driving school and go drive a big rig instead yeah. of living out of your car, taking out student loans for a degree you're probably not even going to be able to use. <laughs> That's true. Right. All right. We're going to take a break. More okay. with Bob when we come back. Get more from the Andrea K Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. <laughs> okay, guys, during the break, now I was not watching, looking at food on Instagram before I get back to my buddy Bob Walters. I was cruising uh, news articles and I see that this mom took her toddler to the mall to see Santa. And then after she took the picture of him, she realized that, that he was signing, he was using sign language and <laughs> asking for help he had signed the word help while he was sitting in santa's lap she had uh, taught her one-year-old and all of her kids actually some basic sign language and so she she didn't realize that he was actually using his hands to call use the word help skins you don't think this is funny i think it's hilarious this poor kid is like asking for help no, I'm almost a little traumatized. Not every kid wants to sit in Santa's lap, okay? I just thought it was hilarious. Anyway, I guess I'm the only one that thought that was funny. Maybe you have to see the picture of the poor kid with the desperate look on his face and his little hands making the sign of help. Anyway, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Bob, do you not think that's funny that this poor little kid was sign- using sign language to signal for help? That is quite a different view of things. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Anyway, all right, carry on, my dear. All right, so you got the squad member. Uh, she's Representative Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts. Oh, her. Okay. Social media is one of the three radicals. Yeah. This month to push Biden to cancel all student debt. She said continuing student debt for the U.S. college students is a form of violence. She went on to describe student debt as a gender, racial, and economic crisis in this country. You got to be kidding. How is it a gender crisis? Everybody, you know, I don't, what? I've already said it earlier that, you know, um, you're a deadbeat if you take out any loan and then you decide you shouldn't have to pay it back. Um, to try to characterize this, to try to excuse this um, complete bribing, what this is about. This is about the Democrats trying to bribe votes of college kids by trying to, you know, get their debt paid off under the guise of expecting somebody, whether they're a man, woman, or any of the 54 genders that they, now they say exist, or anybody of color, expecting them to pay off their debt is somehow bigoted or racist or whatever. And that's not going to fly. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. Um, you're 18 and above, pay off your debt. Right? Right, Bob? I agree. Pay your completely. debt. Otherwise, it's a bad lesson for your future life as an adult. Right. Anyway, a student newspaper in Oberville College in Ohio highlighted an article that too many white students on this overwhelmingly white campus attend campus events. Even when black artists are on the stage, the audience is overwhelmingly white. 
to the detriment of minority students, which they said is terrible and disgusting, and we needed to have black events in the future, excluding white audiences. Wow. I mean, just any... Race. I mean, who's the racist? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's constant. What every the the left has always viewed or has for for many years everything through the through the prism of of color, right? They're obsessed with it, yeah. and now we've got generations obsessed with it, and looking at everything from peanut butter sandwiches to student loan debt. Everything's racist now, to the point to where you know what we need to do is just be completely ignoring um, any of their demands. Yeah. Get back to Martin Luther King. He had a good message. That's right. And you got Charles Lieber, a former head of Harvard University for the chemical department. He's confessed today to taking payments from the Chinese government of $50,000 a month for the past two or three years, plus $158,000 every few months for living expenses as he channeled sensitive information to the communists from the university's research laboratories. So he's been a spy. This dude, a department head at Harvard, has been a spy for the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, for a, more than a year. Wow. 50000 uh, a month, that's a pretty good payroll. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, wow. Um, do we know what he's been, uh, what sensitive information he's been giving? Do we have any idea? Well, he's, he was head of the chemical department, which they do chemical research, and that's Something the Chinese probably would like to see the results of the research being done by American universities. Yeah, because uh, universities oftentimes these research grants and these, these research uh, activities are in coordination with the U.S. government and even yeah. even the Department of Defense. So this is really scary and this is frightening. And again, it this is. is supposed to be our premier, you know, our premier, you know, um, university, college and university in in the U.S. It's pathetic. And by the way, Harvard is also the same same uh, university years ago that had ties to. I think the Bin Laden family was yep, a big they, was a big donor to Harvard. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and yet they think very righteous about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got Emory University in Atlanta, big university, has banned a fraternity from hanging Christmas wreaths on its front door, since this is a violation of campus policy which opposes any reflection of religion whatsoever. I guess Christian religion. Wow. Um, I hadn't heard that Emory was um, an atheist and and nobody was allowed to exercise their First Amendment right of freedom of religion. I hadn't either, frankly. I was surprised by this. Yeah, I don't even know how that's legal. (laughs) I know. know, if If we had a real Department of Justice, they'd be down there prosecuting. Yep. Well, we'll see what develops. I'll keep you posted. All right, yeah. The University of Arkansas has launched backpacking trips for black, Asian, indigenous, and Latin students who are underrepresented in outdoor recreation. So they get racist events. <laughs> they also plan an LGBT <laughs> climb night for anyone who's homosexual. <laughs> This is so stupid. We don't have enough. We don't have enough. There's concern is that we don't have enough black people camping and, and hiking. So we've got to make sure we've got to try to make it happen. And we don't have enough LBGT people rock climbing. So how can we have gay night at rock climbing? I mean, this is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. If black people don't, if black people don't want to go backpacking, why are you trying to make them? If LBGT people don't want to rock climb or whatever, why why are you trying to? This is insane, Bob. 
I know. That's why just something your <laughs> listeners need to know how bad it is getting. So we're turning things around, but it's, it's, we've got a long way to go. Well, yes, they have to know. that that and, and one of the reasons why they're pushing for student loan debt forgiveness is because the cost of tuition is insane. And, and so much of it is state and federally funded. This is where your taxpayers' dollars are going, right? Yeah, that's true. Oh, wow, I it's know. crazy. All right. Want to really wrap good. us up, Bob? Okay, I'll wrap you up. I do want to urge, I've got a few other points, but we can do them next time I'm on the show. Um, But I do want to urge everybody to really think about We the Kids U.S., look it up. They're good to help you get your kid out of the public school mentality of hating America. And also consider getting involved in the School Choice Initiative. We've got three months left to get another one million good signatures. We've only got 150,000 so far in the first month, so we've got to really gear this up. Yeah. And that's CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. California. Contact them and get involved. CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. Yep. All right. CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. Well, Bob, I hope you have the merriest of Christmases and have a very happy new year. Of course, Bob, will be back next week. And we just appreciate you so much, Bob. Well, I keep up your good work. you got a great show. Thank you, honey. All right, now y'all stay tuned. I have a great show, except nobody thought it was funny but me that this little toddler was doing sign language with the word help sitting in Santa's lap. I mean, how many kids do we have to torture by forcing them to sit in some old dude stranger's lap at the mall? I mean, <laughs> stay tuned. The Andrea K. Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Well, neither Skins or I are going to be traveling uh, this Christmas or New Year, and it's a good thing, Skins, because I'm seeing that United Airlines is canceling 121 flights on Friday. Um, which is equivalent of 6% of their overall flight schedule. Is it weather-related? Uh, Omicron. Really? Omicron. And it looks as though Delta is going to be canceling 91 flights on Friday. And the main reason is because with the forced testing, you can be asymptomatic. They've got crew. You get you get tested. You're asymptomatic. And then you're forced to, with the, uh, with the federal uh, mandates on um, isolation, they don't have enough crew. Is what's going on, and we know that I, last night I reported that it was a that uh, according to the CDC that Omicron was seventy percent less likely to have anybody end up in the hospital. Today, the reports came out that it's eighty percent that this is basically a cold, and yet they're putting crews and putting people through these daily testings and. Uh, then you got to isolate even if you're asymptomatic. I was just going to say, despite the fact that numerous experts, Andrea, have come out and said, this thing is just being all overhyped in the media. It's nothing to worry about. It's it's much less, you know, going to be attacking your system. It's going to be like the mild cold. They don't care. They keep pushing the hype. Right. Because this and this is why we should never it. The issue, the argument is and always was and always should be freedom and liberty. This is why you don't do 14 days to flatten the curve. This is why you never go on board with masks and you never get on board with with facial. Co- We're not the Taliban with requiring facial coverings on anybody and six foot distancing and quarantining. You don't quarantine healthy individuals. This is why we should Nor have never you test gotten, them. Right. You don't test healthy individuals. And and it's a mistake for conservatives to be arguing against Biden right now that that look, Biden was uh, was uh, uh, 
critical of Trump that Trump didn't get testing out. And look, Biden doesn't have enough test out. No, stop encouraging and enabling bad policy. That's not the winning argument. The argument is and was and always should be liberty and freedom. Look where we're at now. We will never get out of this. Now it's going to be um, we're, we'll never get back to normal. The new normal is here forever because we because we agreed to it in the first place. We should have never gone down this path. Australia is now saying that the boosters have gone from every six months to four months. And now after January 31st in Australia, you will have to get a booster every three months. You're kidding me. Think about that. Think about the idea behind you having an injection, a substance injected into you forcibly every three months. These are not vaccines. Right. You get that now. Right. Here I am repeating myself again. Think about the economic destruction going on with these kinds of with these kinds of policies in place that now um, tests are going to be sent to your home. You're going to be having to be tested daily. Um, You're not going to be able to work. Businesses aren't going to be able to operate. And this over something that is no more than a cold. This is what's going on. Stand up, people. We got to time. We, right. We've got to be. And, and this gets me back to I, I got an email from somebody last night who says, I listen to your show every day and I may not listen anymore because it's just Trump bashing. And I want to thank her so much for being a daily listener. Thank you all for that. But and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but to say and to remind everybody, if you're new to the show, that what I am about and what I have always been about going back to my childhood is about fighting for this country. I became I became concerned about the push on the part of the left in this country to transform us into communism back in my teen years. This is my passion, and I will fight for this country. This is what my show is all about, and that means that I will speak up against anybody who is who is on the wrong side. I love Trump. This is about tough love. When I speak out, uh, and, and Trump has the voice and the power to be on the right side of this, to fight for our liberties that are under attack every day through the use of COVID. He had the right intentions. He trusted the wrong people. I believe that he believes in these shots. You can believe in these shots and say that I think these shots are the right thing for the American people, but I am going to vigorously and forcefully speak out against the mandates because they are, are the trans, they are what is the vehicle to destroy this country. So I just wanted to, hopefully that clears up those that have been concerned about my comments on President Trump. Listen, I love you all so much. I'm honored to be here and share this with you every night. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Peace out. Love you all.